Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Ah, welcome to Herd. Hell, we got one of our favorites back. You may have noticed there's a little bit of UK news in the news. Anytime we do that, we bring in our friend. She's a historian. She's a writer. She's one of Hertel's favorite guests. Sarah Stook, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. Thank you for having me on again. It's always very fun to do. Uh, Glad to have you. Uh, Yeah, slow news days in the UK. Nothing major going on. Uh, Just, you know, a new PM, a new king, you know, just minor technicalities of life. Um, let, let's start right there though. We're making a little bit of fun of it is, but we, we've seen the London version of it. We've seen the media version of it. We've seen the American media version of it, which has been really interesting to watch. Take me to Grimsby. What's just the normal UK working class town folk. What are they doing the last couple of days? How's this been hitting them? Cause we get the men on the street, uh, kind of stuff, which is really funny because the first time Charles went by, they managed to get the one American in the crowd on the camera shot. What is it just around you, around Grimsby, around the Midlands, the rest of the country? How's a lot of this landing right now? People are very, you know, upset. I mean, floral tributes everywhere, people signing memorial books. I mean, because you knew it was going to happen one day. You know, she's, it's not like she's young, she's 90, she was 96. So when like the news came, because me and my parents were out, we were in Sheffield, which is just a little out of Grimsby. And, um, we were shopping, so I didn't have like wasn't looking at my phone. And late about like two o'clock, it had news that the Queen was been taken ill, and they're all gone to Balmoral. So I was thinking that isn't very good. So when we got home around like half three, four, we had like the news on for like the rest of the evening. And then at about quarter past half past six, um, the BBC news reader said, "Oh, announced that the Queen has died." And we're like, "Oh, this is very very weird." Yeah, we were we were talking to our friend Ben up there. He's like. When you heard Liz Truss come out, basically her first address to the country, how's that for a hard gig? And the end of her speech, she goes, God save the king. It was just like, wow, that sounds weird. And then you it remember, does. like, there's there's very few people in living memory that have ever said that, you know, other than it's in film or joking weird. or something. And he and I asked him on the show and like he flubbed it. He couldn't even get it out of his mouth because it was just so bizarre to try to say Exactly. I mean, my late grandfather, he served in um, during the funeral 
it, when he was in the RAF, he was part of the funeral procession in London for her father. So, you know, you mentioned something to me, too, and I wanted to ask you about it. The military, we've seen all the tributes, of course, and, of course, Charles gets his Regency stuff, so he's been getting it as well. I don't know, folks in America and the worldwide audience may not realize, you know, we take our oaths to the Constitution. They take their oaths to the Queen or the King now it'll be. Um, and that's a very real thing, even though it's still, you know, mostly a ceremonial position. That's a very real thing for the British military, and they feel these sorts of things very deeply, don't they? Yeah, well, my dad's ex-military, when he served, he swore allegiance to the Queen, and it's taken very seriously to the point where if there was, like, the the monarch, uh, the Prime Minister tried to do a coup, the army's loyal to the monarch, so they could sort of counter-coup it. And, I mean, it sounds like something you'd have in, like, an African despot nation with lots of coups, but that's what would happen. I... You're the historian that we always bring on for historical context. You did a wonderful thread that is very long of all this stuff. How do you quantify something that started her reign we're talking about here, Queen Elizabeth, pre-space age, through the Internet age, through the social media age, to whatever we're calling our current age in the year of our Lord 2022? That's just a tremendous... The 70 years is one thing. The technology and time shift and the amount of history that's been condensed in that 70 years, you're a historian. You give us that perspective on this show usually. It's mind-boggling the amount of stuff that's happened in the last 70 years, isn't it? I mean, she was born in 1926, so to put it into context, Calvin Coolidge was president, and now it's Joe Biden. I mean, she's seen, you know, from Coolidge to Biden, that's, you know, a lot of presidents. 30% of America has been, you know, through her reign. She's you know, done it for that long. I think probably the best equivalent I can think of for Americans is when FDR died after 12 years in office. I mean, 12 years, 70 years is not comparable, but if you were young and you'd never known anyone but FDR, it's kind of a shock. Yeah. We um we were talking about it too. Is there a comp to her, you know, obviously time-wise, that sort of thing, it's going to be Victoria. But I've asked other people this, what's your, is she above that now? Is she still going to be compared to Victoria? Is she paramount above everybody else? Where do you think this fall? I know there's going to be recency bias because she just died. But just the numbers and all of it and everything together, is, is that the comp or is she number one on the list now, do you think? Well, she's been, you know, longest serving for a couple of years. And if she'd lasted a couple more years, she would have beaten Louis the Sun, King of France. That's pretty impressive. Both she and Queen Victoria I mean, George III is another very long-lived one, have lived through incredible... I mean, when the Queen was, you know, crowned, women couldn't get bank accounts without their husband's permission. Marital rape wasn't a crime in England until 1991. It's amazing things like that. The idea of a woman prime minister in 1953 would have been completely alien, and now we're on three. Yeah, and Theresa May talked about this when she gave her, her remarks in the Commons um and she was talking about thatcher but she was talking about herself as extension and of course liz trust is now the prime minister also a woman she she just said she's like it wasn't that hard of a thing because we had a female queen so of course we can have a female prime minister and of course we can have and people can you know kind of say well it's sophistry but she means that in the parliament even though it's a ceremonial role and we talked to our friends in parliament about it, they said the same thing it's a very real thing her constant presence the fact that she was there the consistency of it even though it's a ceremonial role, it was an important role, and it was a very real thing for the British government, wasn't it? I mean, she is head of 
state. I remember when I went to Boston a few years ago, we looked around the um, like the state capital, the state building, and our tour guide said there was a certain place where you could only open the doors for the head of state. And David Cameron was really peeved they couldn't do it for him because he was head of government, not head of state. And that's the important, you know, difference. I mean, yeah, we, we've had quite a lot of, you know, female leaders in countries that aren't monarchies, you know, India, Pakistan, Australia. They are Commonwealth, though, if you notice, and lots of sort of Nordic countries. So I think that's a very good point. It makes it a bit more palatable that a woman could be in charge. To put it in perspective, talking to our friend Sarah Stuck, uh, you talked about her, her being born when Calvin Coolidge was president. Her first uh, official presidential audience was Harry Truman. And Joe Biden, our current president, was nine years old at the time. And of course, he's now 79. That's just mind boggling. Truman through, you said it already, the stat, 30% of all American history she reigned over. There's been so much change. All the presidents she saw through. There's one or two because you've always you've been on here doing your presidential list with us before. You know, we saw the picture like Reagan and Thatcher had a close relationship. Is there a certain U.S. presidential visit with the Queen that kind of sticks out in your mind? Well, she's met all of them, but um, Lyndon Johnson, but she actually did meet Lady Bird Johnson quite a few years ago. That was later. probably a good thing considering how LBJ <laughs> conducted himself. Yeah, I think she probably, Princess Margaret, it was good to send Princess Margaret. I think she was more his wavelength. Uh, the ones I usually think of, um, well, there's the famous one where John and Jackie Kennedy came and it's rumoured that she and Jackie kind of clashed a little bit. Um, I think she seemed to get on quite well with Reagan. The, uh, there's the uh, pictures of them right uh, horses together and everyone who knew the Queen knows she loved horses. Um, I think she into quite on quite well with Michelle Obama, and um, for all his sort of buff talk, she seemed to like Trump, and he was very respectful of her. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Talking to our friend Sarah Stuck over in the UK. Some big doings over there you may have heard. Uh, talking about the historical parts of this, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to really start with this, but for those that don't know, we've had three King Charleses now. 
I think the bar's pretty low to say that he he's already probably since he didn't die young and he's not going to be beheaded, he's probably beat out his predecessors. But you want to touch on that just real quick. What are the what are kind of the the expectations of Charles? Are folks just kind of hoping he holds the line? I don't think there's high expectations of him because he's following the legend. But what do people do expect from him? Do you think? Well, I think something I've noticed is that um, you know the Queen hasn't travelled abroad for years because you know she's been old and frail but you know Charles is younger he can probably do trips abroad so there'll be state visits and the White House might open its doors to him so of course obviously you have the younger royals going sort of in its place but we'll have the actual monarch be able to go out and go to and I think it's handy for him to go to like Australia and New Zealand to like sort of stop any rumblings of um sort of republicanism <laughs> shudder good monarchist that you are shudder that's a real thing though and there's already talk of him doing a commonwealth tour there was a lot of talk that when the queen died that the commonwealth would be an issue in a lot of places um a lot of people think that might have been tapped down a little bit now charles as long as he doesn't drop the ball they think it may maintain but they're obviously cognizant of it because they're already openly talking about him doing a full-blown Commonwealth tour, which, of course, hasn't happened in many, many years. She, the Queen went to parts of it, but she didn't do the full thing that she did when she was younger, for example. Is the Commonwealth secure? Is there a feeling that it's going to be okay, at least for the near-term future, as long as Charles doesn't make a total shambles of it? I think some of the Caribbean islands are a bit of a, a stretch, but I think Australia and New Zealand, you know, I spoke to my aunt who's... Um, who lives in Australia, and she said there's not a huge appetite, apart from their current Prime Minister being a Republican. And it's actually uh, younger people in Australia who are really big fans. It's not just the older people, young people are as well, which I think is quite handy for them. Um, I can't really speak on New Zealand, but you know, if you look at the outpouring of grief and then the support for the new king, I'm pretty hopeful. Is the comment in, in England where you live... Is the Commonwealth still a big deal? Is it, it you know, under, obviously the the allyship of that and the economics and all that, but is it is it a thing that people are cognizant of? Of like, oh, we want this to remain. Is it something that's talked about? I don't think it's necessarily talked about a lot. Only really if you're very political or interested in the monarchy. I suppose most people probably support it, but there's not really like a, a huge discussion of it, as they probably should be but maybe often that conversations come about because of charles and they always said you know everyone thought when the queen died everything would go a bit rubbish talking about things that go uh rubbish i i don't think charles will make a terrible showing of it i don't know that he'll be spectacular but i think he'll do the job because it's just that's who that guy is Talk about the rest of the royal family, though, that's now on deck. William and Kate is on deck. Law, you know, they're respected by the public. They're loved by the public. A lot of the public would prefer him probably to be king right now than Charles. Let's just be honest about it. But they'll, they're probably content to wait 10 or 15, 20 years, whatever it's going to be. How is this, does this change William and Kate's place? Uh, other than obviously they get the titles Prince and Princess of Wales. What's their viewpoint now? Because, they're, you know, here you are. He's a heartbeat away now. Well, if you think about it, they probably don't want to be king and queen yet because their kids are still quite young. When the kids are growing up, it's a lot of an easier transition. And if something, you know, God forbid, happened to Charles or he abdicated, that is going to make their life a lot harder. Because if you think about it, you know, Charles and Anne were very young when the queen came to the throne. Andrew and Edward know nothing but their mother being queen. 
So I think it'd be nice for their children to like just be children, even though you know um George is now second in line to the throne. Yeah, and the other thing we were talking about, somebody on Twitter gamed it out. Of course, you're just guessing, but you know, Charles is in his mid seventies, William's in his early forties, and George is very young. <clears throat> Excuse me, and George is very young. We may not see another reigning queen in our lifetime the way the secession line is stacking up. The, of course, you know, when Elizabeth came to the throne, there was probably very few of anybody that had living memory of Victoria. But it, and even if George has a girl first, you're probably looking at 80, 90, 100 years before you get a reigning queen again. Does that make the Elizabethan reign, Elizabeth the Great, um, Boris Johnson called her, and I think that's fair. Do you think her legend and her legacy just grows over time since this is probably going to be a rare event in living memory for quite a while? Well, we only, uh, there's only one uh, queen regnant in the world, and it's the uh, queen of is that, or is it the Netherlands or Denmark? It's one of those two, and I can't remember right now which one it is, but it's one of them. Um, so every, every other reigning monarch is a dude. So, yeah, it kind of takes the magic away a bit. But I think when you think of... If I asked an American, what royals do you think of, like, monarchs? They'd probably say Henry VIII, George III, Victoria, and our current, well, Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, you think of the women, and, you, and all of them... Because there are fewer women regnants than there are men. We've only had, you know, Matilda is and Lady Jane Grey disputed, but there's um, Mary First, Mary Second, Elizabeth the First, Elizabeth Second, Anne and Victoria. So it's not too many, but they're all, you know, very well remembered. And you know, Elizabeth the First, for example, and Victoria and Elizabeth the Second had fairly long reigns. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Yeah, uh, Sarah Stuck joining us. Okay, you are a historian, so we're going to have some historic stuff here. Obviously, the funeral. We're going to have the coronation of Charles III. Boy, that sounds weird to say, but there it is. What's a couple of things you're watching for? Obviously, the world leaders are going to gather for both of those events. At least the funeral will probably have everybody. I know President Biden's already announced he's going to attend. As a historian, you know, weddings and funerals for the royal family, those are the big events coronations which are even more rare what's a couple of the things historically you're watching for here coming up i think it'll be interesting to see um which countries come to the funeral because obviously they've said there's limited space it's only the um head of state and the spouse or somebody representing them so it won't be like biden mrs biden and then all like kamala harris and the obamas and that will go it'll just be um Joe and Jill Biden go in, but we'll be interesting to see what countries send representatives. Also, you've got the major religions, so 
the Pope or well he I don't know if he will go but at least the representatives of the Holy See will go there'll be you know rabbis and imams and you know sheikhs and all of all religions obviously Putin isn't going to come because you know yeah for obvious reasons but I'm sure Russia will probably just have their ambassador go I mean pretty much every country apart from maybe like North Korea and a few others will send somebody which is pretty remarkable. John Paul II's funeral is the biggest in history, but this is going to, you know, blow out of the water. Yeah, I wonder if Larnoff's going to come because his side family lives in London anyway, so he might try to sneak over for it. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, uh, I wonder, though, the funeral is going to be a big deal. Nobody over under the age of 80 has a living memory of a coronation. I know they're going to kind of be back to back. They'll space them out for the morning period. How big a deal is that? Because that doesn't happen that often. You may have, you may, folks may get to see two or three in their lifetime now after this, but they haven't seen one of these. How big a deal is that going to be? Well, I think because obviously I've, I'm one of, we're both one of those people who've never seen it. So it's going to be quite, you know, it's going to blow any presidential inauguration out of the water because lovers or haters, the Brits do pomp and ceremony like absolutely no one does. So it's going to be very grand and very lavish, full of colour and jewels. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of questioning your bona fides here, though. Did you suggest that the Pope should come to the English monarchs? Look, Henry VIII did not behead wives just to have a papist show up at official ceremonies. What are you doing? He will go. I don't think he will go. He's. You know, he has a lot of mobility, but they'll send a representative. But well, the last time a monarch died was in 1952, so you know it's been a while. So you can't really compare what it'd be like now but i think we've sort of toned away from the whole breaking from rome thing because that did happen quite a long time ago i don't know grudges run deep over yonder sir stuck joining us we're having a little bit of fun with this because it, it has been a heavy thing and a busy day Let, let's turn to the future though um liz trust is now the prime minister talk about your tough road to hoe your second day office the queen dies second full day in office the queen dies uh parliament's doing their their remembrances and then they're going to dissolve i forget the big fancy word y'all use for that starts with a p um so you'll you're going to have a new government all the way down you have charles as the you know ceremonial head of state you're going to have the same parliament but it's liz trust with a whole lot going on the cost of living crisis is going on of course foreign affairs are going on this is really kind of a critical time in the UK right now. Northern Ireland's a bit of a mess at the moment. You've got migrant crises. There's a lot of stuff on the UK's plate this fall. Once they go through all this pomp and circumstance you're talking about, it's going to be a very bleak reality check kind of political fall, isn't it? I think in some ways it was kind of handy for Liz Truss. Well, I don't want to say handy, but the Queen's Eye sort of gave her a bit of a reprieve. I agree. But We've got the energy crisis, which is going to see bills go ridiculously expensive. And, you know, that's going to be what people are focusing on. And if you can't produce cheaper energy bills, then, you know, that's hand-wrapped gift for labor. Yeah. For folks that um, in the U.S., because we've been dealing with it a little bit, but it's not been per- percentage-wise as bad here are folks noticing it when they go to the market, when they're buying goods, when they're trying to get around? Of course, you're having uh, transportation strikes on top of everything else right now, which that isn't helping either. 
how noticeable is it? I know it's the number one issue when they poll it, but day to day, how how much is it really affecting folks? Because it seems to be like it's it, there's no real going to be reprieve in sight here. You you know, so everything has gone up from you know going to the chip shop, uh, general groceries. Everything has uh, gone up. You guys would have an absolute fit if you saw our petrol prices. Like you guys really don't like expensive petrol. Ours is way much more than yours is. I know you guys you know don't have a public transportation system, yada yada yada. But you guys would like if you get upset at your fuel prices, you would just faint at ours. Oh yeah, I remember first time I went to Germany. I'm like, you pay how much for gas over here? Because you know, of course, we have coupons and so credits and things like that. But I was like, what do you mean pay five six dollars a gallon for gas? This is outrageous. This is back when gas was like a dollar fifty in the states. So yeah, it's a different world over there, definitely. Sarah Stuck joining us. Okay, I know it's your belly wake, so I'm going to throw it to you. The Queen, of course, was always very proper, very, you know, she became, I don't think style icon is the right term, but the hats and the, and the you know, the way she dressed, it was definitely her style. I don't know that Camilla is going to exactly like the style world on fire, but I did notice you're somewhat chomping at the bit to get Kate in there because you, you can feel the fashion going up a couple clicks, can't you? Oh, she always looks so elegant so proper for every occasion and you know she mixes it up a bit like she wears trousers which you know the queen and camilla probably would very rarely if ever do and she also looked like she was yeah you know, if you look at her wedding dress it's very sort of grace kelly bringing lace back yeah she'll be so stylish she already is i think she's just so elegant you know, what you imagine a duchess and a future queen to wear she's totally got the style bit down pat yeah, we're going to have to get that girl a pair of jeans or something, work it out. Uh, Sarah Stuck, okay, friends hold friends accountable. I got to point your attention to one of your tweets here, though. Uh, I actually agree with this one, but some folks may not. You said, and I quote, there needs to be a miniseries about Warren G. Harding administration. Uh, would that be a PG, a PG-13, or a good hard R on some prestige network, your your idealization of the Warren G. Hardy ministry? Well, I've um, just been reading a book called Accidental Presidents, which is about you know the eight presidents who came to office after their predecessor either died or was assassinated. So I've just read the Warren G. Harding chapter. And I was reading, and like I'm already aware of how bad it was, but when you like sort of read the nitty gritty into it, just how corrupt, like the first cabinet officer ever to get prison time, it needs to be a you know a hard out. It needs to show the parties and the illegal prohibition drinking, the you know the sex and the scandal and the poker parties. I mean, a girl died at one of the parties. She was dancing on a table. Somebody threw a bottle at her, hit her on the head, and she died. Lord, is America ready to see a president? Uh doing the nasty in the cloakroom though do you think if you like you said warren g harding and lbj would make trump look like an altar boy so yes yeah. you guys need it and we we've had you know everyone knows henry dates exploits but some of your presidents I mean, look at kennedy that man was a machine in all the wrong ways which for a disabled guy was pretty impressive actually if you kind yeah, of yeah him and fdr fdr was in a wheelchair having affairs you know you've got to respect the hustle we we not our finest hours when it comes to presidents sometimes, but what do you do? But we could go down the royal line, and y'all got a couple of your yourselves. Sarah Stuck, we always love having you. Appreciate your time today. Uh, let folks know what you've got going on, what you're working on when you know we don't have monarchs changing hands, and where they can follow you until we get you back on because you are a frequent guest, and we appreciate you greatly. 
Well, the mallard is um, not publishing anything until after the funeral because it's the mourning period. Um, but I'm continuing my elections daily pieces on presidential runners up. I'm on stop. I'm writing part two. Um, for the uh, mallard, I'm going to be writing next about um, medieval marriages, the Regency marriage market, and uh, literal wit witch hunts in the 21st century, like in India and Nepal. Yeah. I bet I will be all over. Yeah, the Mallard uh, having a little fun with it. They they call it the regime change issue, uh, which was kind of cute. So be on the lookout for that. We'll link to all that. Sarah Stook, our friend in Grimsby. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you ma'am. <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.